Hey, Redemption family, thanks for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you. Be sure to tune in live on Sundays at 1030 a.m. at rttnchurch.com. We believe the blessing of the Lord is falling on you, falling on your family, falling on your friends, whoever you're watching this with. My prayer does not just be just an online service. I pray it be an encounter because we believe the presence of God and the, the power of God has no knows no time and space. Amen? So we're believing God is touching and strengthening you and giving your life a lift today. I want you to take your Bible while you're standing or wherever you are. I know this is a little bit wild and crazy, but in honor of the Word, I want you to stand where you are, you and your family. I want us to read the Word together, and we want to give honor to the Word of the Lord. And I want us to go to Matthew chapter 28, the last chapter of Matthew's Gospel. I want to say good morning and we love you to all of our campuses in Athens and Bulgaria and Uruguay, everywhere that you're a part of the redemption to the nation's family, all of our friends that are watching and families that are connected to our church. Listen, there is a word from the Lord and I believe God's speaking in this earth and I want us to have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And the Lord's been dealing with me since Monday morning at about 2 o'clock about this word and the the series of messages that he gave me for this season that we're in. I want to go to Matthew chapter 28 verse 1 and we're going to read the word of the Lord today and I, I want to preach the first message of a series that I'm going to start today, a series called Reset. And we're going to talk about that because I believe that's the word God gave me in my heart as I was praying early Monday morning and the first message of this series that I'm going to start today is called Where Do We Go From Here? How many know God's given direction in this hour? And I know there's some people looking for a direction and they're wanting to know where do we go from here and I believe God's got a real clear word where he's taking us. I just want to begin this journey. I don't know how far we're going to get into this today, but I want to start this journey, begin this series called Reset, and I believe God wants to speak to our hearts. Matthew 28, verse 1, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, his clothing as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly, tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed, listen, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see, you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to bring his disciples the word. And as they went to tell the disciples, look at this, behold, Jesus, he met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by his feet and worshiped him. And look at what Jesus says, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Go and tell my brothers to get to Galilee, for there, someone say there, there they will see me. I want to talk for a few moments today about where do we go from here. 
where do we go from here? Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And I pray you'll open up my heart to be able to teach and to preach and under a spirit of wisdom and revelation break the bread of life to the people of God who are hungry for the word of the Lord. And I thank you, Father, that you're going to give us more than nuggets. You're going to give us more than great thoughts. May the Spirit of God breathe on what is said and may they receive it in the Spirit so that the Word of God brings a harvest of righteousness into our lives. Jesus, we need you. And our hearts are hungry for you today. Bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So, I started thinking about here, where we are right now, and uh, I thought about a story, about an explanation of here, where we are right now. It's a true story. It happened to me when I was about 13 years old. It was a particular Saturday morning in the fall. My dad was gone fishing in a fishing tournament, and um, my sister and I were at home. Mom was there, and Mom got an emergency call and had to go to work. And so there was like this 30 or 45-minute period between where Mom had to leave and Dad was getting in his truck and bringing the boat home and was going to be home to take care of us the rest of the day. And so we're laying in the bed on that Saturday morning, and all of a sudden someone starts banging on the front door of my house, beating it so hard that I thought the door was going to break off the hinges and we were just going um, to, to see the whole, the whole door cave in. And so I immediately run out of our bedroom. We're watching cartoons. I run to the front door, and, and this person has stopped beating on the front door. By the time I get to the front door, I look through the peephole. There is nobody. By the time I get to the front door, whoever this was was now making their way to the back door. And by the time I get through looking in the peephole and singing no one, this person is now in the back door and they're beating on the back door and it's a sliding glass door and it's literally about to come out of the wall. And the way the sliding glass door was, the sun was rising behind the back door and, it's, and the light of the sun was coming on the person beating on the back door we had this sheer curtain that, 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 that was across that sliding glass door, and you could see the silhouette of a gigantic individual beating, beating, beating on the back door, the glass window, shaking the glass door, trying to rip it open, so I run into my room. My sister is laying there watching cartoons. She said, who is this? I said, I have no clue, but they're breaking in to kill us, and we have to do something. So she said, what are you, she, I said, you need to call the police. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to hide. And so I picked the phone up. We jump in the, the closet. We're sitting in the dark in the closet. I call 911. The 911 operator says to me, can I have your emergency? I said, ma'am, someone's trying to break in and kill me. She says to me, you need to be patient and you need to be calm. And I'm thinking, ma'am, I'm getting ready to die. I don't know how I'm going to be patient and calm. So the story goes that they wait four or five minutes. She says, sir, we want you to know we have the person who's trying to break into your house apprehended. She said, and the thing is, he says he is your father. And so I go to the front door, and I open the front door, and there between the SWAT team of East Ridge, Tennessee, is my father in handcuffs, guns drawn, and my dad with a look on his face like, when I get these handcuffs off of me. The, the captain of the police force that day said, is this your father? And I said, no, slammed the door and ran back into the house. How does that story have anything to do with where we are right now? I'll tell you how. So many times in our life, 
we look at something going on and we think it's one thing. When in reality, if we just open up the curtain and look behind it, we'd see something totally different is going on. And today I want you to understand that we're in a unique moment right now. We find ourselves in a unique moment and we're looking through a lens that I'm not sure provides us enough revelation as to what is really happening in the earth right now. This is the moment we find ourselves in when, when a pandemic has been announced in the nations of the earth Paranoia and panic have seized hearts. I hope the body of Christ can take an opportunity to look deeper than all that's happening on the surface. I hope we can pause to assess and take inventory and see how we are responding to this crisis, how we are engaging this moment. I hope we can pause long enough to, to hear what God is saying because I believe God is speaking right now. In fact, God started talking to me this past Monday, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I, I woke up out of a deep sleep, and I believe I heard the Spirit of God whisper to me when I sat straight up in my bed. He said, Kevin, I am resetting my body. The word, word reset, it, it's this whole idea of putting it back in its proper place. There's much to say to the lost. There's much to say to the nations of the earth. But I feel like Today and maybe for the next couple of days, next couple of weeks, I want to talk about the, the word of the Lord to the church because the assignment for the church in this moment is not to miss the Father trying to reset his body. He's wanting to put us back in alignment. He's wanting to put some things back in their proper place. And I'm sad to say I've often wondered what would it take to get the church to stop the machine to slow down long enough and to reassess and take inventory of where we are and to really put our finger on the pulse of the body of Christ and to ask ourselves a question, is this what Jesus really died to give? Is this what Jesus really died to create? And I'm not here to bash the church and I'm not here to, to throw dirt on the church. I believe this could be the church's greatest hour. But I want people in the kingdom of God and leaders in the kingdom of God to hear me today. We can't just survive this moment and go back to life as usual. We can't just survive this moment and hope that we don't have to make a change. This moment is intended to produce a change. This moment is intended to birth a transformation. And I really believe we can come out of this and see glory on the church in a dimension that we've not seen in a very long time. If you believe it, say amen. That there's one thing I know about God, it's that God knows how to reset his body. God knows how to keep his body in line. In fact, sometimes he has to. And tonight's story, tonight's story begins, the text begins at the empty tomb. And the empty tomb is really the closure of a chapter. It's a closure of a chapter of Jesus' earthly ministry. In three years, he has developed a team called the disciples. Three years, he's shown them what it's like to do the work of the kingdom. Three years he's cast out devils and healed the sick and worked miracles. And he's shown them what it is to show the love of God to a hurting and dying world. And at the conclusion of that three-year ministry, you know this story. It's the gospel. Jesus is crucified at the hands of angry, lying, betraying men. And they take his dead body down off the cross. And they wrap him up in grave clothes. And they put him in the borrowed tomb of Joseph. And three days later, you know this story, he rose. 
Because that's what he does. He just keeps on living. And even when death said it had him, he was so anointed and full of the oil of God that he slipped through the hands of death and death couldn't hold him. Three days later, he rose and that's where we are in this text tonight. We're in, we're in the entrance of the empty tomb where the crucified and resurrected Jesus had, had raised from the dead and now he's getting ready, watch this, to encounter the disciples. He's getting ready to, sh to show them his resurrected self. They've seen him walking on the, 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 the Galilean sea and they saw him walking on the seashore and they heard him in the houses as he healed the sick and they watched him take two fish and five loaves and feed a multitude. But now he's getting ready to show them the glorified Christ. It's not just going to be that they're going to encounter him, but he's getting ready to encounter his disciples. And I want to tell you that's where one place I believe where we are. We're about to encounter Christ, and Christ is about to encounter his church, and there's getting ready to be a heaven-on-earth expression of kingdom living that I believe looks more like what Jesus has called and commissioned us to look like. Now watch this. Women are at the tomb here. Angels show up, and one of the angels speak to the women, and they say several different things to the ladies. The first thing that the angel says, and this is what I want to I talk to you about, because after this chapter is ending, this new thing is getting ready to begin. A closure of sorts is coming to the disciples, and a new, um, a, a, a new expression and a new chapter is coming to the, to the, to the people of God, to the eleven. And watch this. The Bible says that the women who were at the tomb who had come to see Jesus, they see an angel. And the women were afraid. Why were they afraid? Because they were staring at a gigantic angel. Angels are not these cherubs with bows and arrows floating on strings in the air. This was a massive, angelic, heavenly being. And he was probably terrifying to look at. And the women looked at him and the first thing he says to them is do not be afraid. I think this is interesting. They were afraid because they were seeing an angel. The disciples were afraid because they were expecting Rome to plot their murder and their death. You understand, Jesus was alive now. The disciples who were connected to him, their life was on the line. They were afraid. The women were afraid. And the first thing the angel says, listen, is do not be afraid. That's what we've been talking about for the last couple of days. That's what we've been hearing for the last few days. Don't be afraid. Why have we heard that? Because we need to hear that. Your family needs to hear it. My family needs to hear it. Our children need to hear it. Do not be afraid. It's what the angel told the women, and when they met Jesus just a few moments later, it's what Jesus told the women. Both the angel and the Lord himself said, do not be afraid. It's the first thing that they needed to hear. Why? Because a church that is afraid is paralyzed in its journey. Fear works like a paralysis. When you are a child of God but you're living in a state of constant, uncontrolled, unresisted fear, fear paralyzes you in your journey. You start trying to cope and survive rather than believe God is up to something in this moment. 
And I want you to know that that's where God starts. God starts with, don't be afraid. But I want you to hear me. The angel quickly moved from do not be afraid. Because you can't just keep saying don't be afraid. At some point, we've got to make progress. At some point, we've got to move forward. Everybody say forward. At some point, God is not just wanting us to get out from under the burden and the weight of fear. At some point, God wants us to know there's something to move forward to. And the angel said, fear not. And watch this. He wastes no time. He burns no daylight. He tells them in one phrase, don't be afraid, and then, bam, turn around, and he gives them a direction. Where do we go from here? We're afraid. We think Rome's out to get us. I'm staring at an angel. I'm living in the midst of a coronavirus. The prognosis is is looking bleak. The pandemic is spreading. Where do we go from here? The first thing Jesus says is don't be afraid, but he doesn't stop there. He just doesn't want you to be paralyzed. He wants you to know that not only do you not have to live in fear, there's actually progress to be made. You've actually got to go do something, church. You've actually got to get up and you've got to go be the body of Christ. You've actually got an appointment to get to. You've actually got a date with God. You've actually got a place on his calendar. You can't just sit in your house and you can't just go to work and try to live without fear. You've got to actually get moving. In this moment, when everything is shutting down, the church is not. In this moment, when everything else is taking a break, the church is not. In fact, we're going to leave the light on. We're going to keep being the salt of the earth. We're going to keep being the solution for the issues. We're going to keep being a healing bomb on a sick and hurting world. Why? Because that's what the church does. We don't just sit and thank God that we're not afraid. We remind the enemy that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but God gave us love and power and a sound mind. It's not just enough not to have fear. God wants us to be full. God wants us to live on purpose. God wants us to to make sure we understand that the church is not going out of business. So he says, don't be afraid. Then he gives them direction. Listen to this. He says, I want you to tell them to go. He tells them not to be afraid because fear paralyzes. This is where a lot of people are right now. They're paralyzed, and I totally get it. We're afraid. We don't know what to do. I'm going to tell you right now, you, you, don't even, you don't even have to go in a bunch of social places to be a, a going church. This isn't about breaking the rules that the law has, has and, the, and the leaders have passed down to us. I'm not even talking about doing foolish things that are unwise. I'm talking about having a heart set on advancing the mission of Jesus. 
It's an internal thing. It's a mindset. It's a heart. It's a, it's a culture. It's not, just, it's not just making a decision to go out and live a crazy. No, it's making your mind up that your life matters, that the grace of God that's been deposited in you, the world needs it. Your neighbors need it. It may not be that you can get out of the house right now, but I want to tell you, even in your house, you can still be salt that can be tasted, light that can be seen. What are you doing to advance the cause of Jesus where you are right now? We want you to live without fear, but there's something more to living with than just living without fear. There's a kingdom to advance. There's a purpose to be advancing. And Jesus wants to make sure the disciples, watch this, that they're on their way to the place where the date and the appointment have been set. Now watch this. The disciples are afraid. The women are afraid. And the angel and Jesus both tell the, the ladies at the tomb, go to your brothers, tell them to get to Galilee. Go to Galilee. Now, this is interesting. They wanted, they wanted long-term destinations, and this is what I want to tell the body of Christ today. We always want long-term, detailed destinations. We want to know how long this is going to last. How long is this shutdown going to last? How long is this shelter in place in some states that they're feeling? How long is it going to last? How long are we not going to be able to have church? How long? Where is this going to end? How is this going to look when it all settles? What is, Jesus is not telling us details right now. Jesus rarely gives all the details. You know what Jesus is giving right now? Directions. You get to Galilee. Well, what's going to happen after Galilee? Don't worry about it. Just get to Galilee. Well, what's going to happen to my 401K? I know there's some people watching me right now worried about their 401K. <laughs> I know some people watching me right now are worried about their hourly job. What's going to happen, Pastor? Where is this going for me and my family? I'm going to tell you right now, do not be shocked if God doesn't disclose all the details. But I declare he is going to give somebody a direction. One step at a time. It's like headlights on the car. Whenever you get out and drive at night, your headlights don't reach all the way to your garage from the Walmart parking lot. They carry you about 50, 75 yards at a time. And it's just enough to keep going. That's how God often works with us. He doesn't always show us the long-term big picture. How is this going to end? Why? Because if we saw all that, it may not take faith to keep leaning on God. But God will give you just enough information and detail to let you get from where you're stuck in to the next place you got to get to so that your purpose can be processed and come to a reality. The church right now, wants destinations and details. God's given directions. One step at a time. Get to Galilee. Galilee. Of all the places he could have told them to go, he told them to go to Galilee. Why do we got to get to Galilee? Because Galilee is where it all started. Reset. I'm getting ready to release these 11 
like flaming arrows into the nations of the earth. But before they can go forward, I got to pull them back and take them to the place where they started. Galilee, the hillside. Galilee, the sea where they fished in their father's fishing boats for a living. Galilee, the place where he healed and worked his first miracles, the place where he preached his first sermon, the place where he cast his first devil out, Galilee, the place where he called the 12 up on a mountainside, said, I got a plan for you. If you'll follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, Galilee. He, he said when he rose from the dead, and they're wondering, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? We're scared to death. Rome could kill us. Where do we go? People are trying to figure out how they're going to have church. They're going to try. They're trying to figure out how they're going to keep the lights on. How the how, where do we go from here? And God said, "I'm talking to the church right now, and I want you to know I'm getting ready to release you, like a flaming arrow, into this generation, spreading a fire from heaven that will not be quenched by religion. But before I can release you, I got to reset you." And I'm going to need you to meet me in Galilee. Why Galilee? Because that's where it all started. There's some preachers watching me right now. Trying to figure out how to go forward. Our direction is not. Uh, I wrote this note down. Sometimes we can't hear what God is trying to say. Because we're too busy trying to hear what we want to hear. Sometimes we can't hear the direction Jesus is giving us because our ears are too busy trying to hear what we want him to be saying to us. And anytime he speaks to us in a way that doesn't make sense to us or is something out of our comfort zone, we get all tangled up saying, well, wait a minute, I, 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 need, I need the destination, I need the details. And God's saying, just get this one direction, get to Galilee. I'm getting ready to do something in your life that you can't even imagine. But before you start invading the world with my gospel, i got to take you back to where it started. I hope somebody listening to me right now is feeling convicted. I hope somebody listening to me right now is feeling like you need to be cleansed and cleaned up. Blow your mind if I told you how many people are reaching out to us wanting prayer right now. People who've been sitting in church 10, 15, 20 years, all of a sudden they're shaking. Why are they shaking? Because they've come to grips with this fact. Life is short. Death is sure. Sin is the curse. Christ is the cure. And at some point, you and I are going to have to come to the awareness, we're not going to live down here forever. Some people are coming to that reality right now. They're being shaken to their core. And it's not to torment you. Please hear me. God is waking the church up and saying, I'm getting ready to launch my people. I'm getting ready to give them an effectiveness and a harvest that they've never seen or ever experienced before. We had staff meeting today. I don't know about anybody else, but I want to make sure the redemption to the nation's church family knows we do not intend just to survive COVID-19. We intend that on the other side of this thing, 
by the grace of God, by the grace of God, when we come out of it, we're not going to look like we barely made it, but we're actually going to have a divine strategy from God that helps us not just, not just barely make it, but come out with a wave of kingdom momentum that allows us to be salt that can be tasted and light that can be seen. I want Chattanooga to know God loves them when this thing is over by the way we've loved our city. And God is saying, I'm getting ready to release you. I, I want you to make a difference in the world. You are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. I want you to touch the nations of the earth. But before I release you, I got to take you back and reset you. Reset. He's resetting us and getting back in line with that place where he first called us. You're getting ready to be known all over the Asia Minor. You're getting ready to be, you're getting ready to be spit on by religious people, but you're getting ready to be celebrated in heaven because you're getting ready, Peter, to preach one sermon. 3,000 people are getting ready to get saved. But before I save people through your preaching, I got to take you back to Galilee, Peter. And I got to make sure you understand The foundation of our faith is what matters in moments like this. It's not just what God is going to do through us. It's about making sure we're staying connected to what he did in us when he called us, when tears rolled down our face for the first time, when we heard him say, follow me. I'll make you fishes of men. I don't want you to ever get so big for your britches that you think, Peter, and it's all about you. I want you to remember what it was like when I walked in your house and healed your mother-in-law. Galilee. God's taking some people back in this moment. He's helping some people rediscover what it is to walk with Jesus. He's helping some people be reminded of what it means to be a child of God. He's helping some churches reclaim their inheritance in the spirit. You are not just a social entity in your city that is just another social voice. You are the ecclesia. You are the church of the living God. You are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And some of us have lost that in the name of trying to be cool and culturally relevant. We've lost that. We've domesticated this thing and we've tried to trim it and cut it, make it cute, and we've tried to make it presentable. And sometimes in a moment like this, we need the raw organic power of God to shoot through the body of Christ and break off a yoke and a, and a heaviness and a slumber and cause us to come back to life. Reset. He's resetting us right now. He's calling somebody back to Galilee. It's like pulling an arrow back. It's getting ready to go forward. Peter, James, John, the 11 are getting ready to be released into kingdom power. But before they go forward, Jesus pulls them back and touches the place of their beginning. I'm closing with this thought. I want you to hear me on this. When the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation got away from Jesus, he came to them and he didn't coddle them and he didn't say, hey, y'all got a cool smoke machine. You're doing things really awesome. I mean, it looks really awesome in your church. No, what he said is, you've got some things you've done well, but I got one thing 
I got one thing that I need to deal with. It's that you left your first love. Galilee is about getting back to the first love. Galilee's home. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever calamity and trial and problems hit, I want to go back home. There's some people wanting to go back home right now. They want to go back to that place in God where it wasn't about the pressure. It wasn't about people knowing your name. It wasn't about James and John and Peter arguing who gets to sit on the right and who gets to sit on the left. It wasn't about their titles. It wasn't about their who was the apostle and who's the bishop and who's the pope. It wasn't about any of that. When they go back to, when they go back to Galilee, it's about going home. It's about getting back to the place of peace and the, 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 the place in life where we simplify our priorities and remember what it was like when the hot sword of the Lord pierced through our soul and the coal came off the altar and touched our lips and we were changed. Sometimes we miss it in the church. And I want you to know today that Jesus is resetting his body. And there is a virus that's going on on this earth and there are a lot of people who understand it through one lens and perceive it through one lens. But the body of Christ has got to have the courage to look through the eyes of the Father in this moment and see that God is up to something. He is providing an opportunity to stop. I encourage and admonish every leader in the kingdom to take a prayer break. We've taken enough praise breaks. We need to take a prayer break. We need to fall on our knees again and we need to beg and plead with heaven for a strategy that will, that will somehow galvanize us until the Lord comes. We need a strategy, a download from heaven. We need to go back home and we need to be touched with that fervent fire that touched us when he first called. Spirit of the Lord wants to reset us. Can we just lift our hands right where we are? Can you? Right where you are, I believe the Spirit of God wants to give us a reset right here. I believe the Father wants to touch our lives, and I believe some of us are getting ready to be released into great kingdom assignments and advance the kingdom in powerful ways. But before we go forward, church, the Lord is reminding us like he did the disciples. I'm getting ready to send you, but before I send you, I want you to go back to Galilee. I want you to be touched by what happened there in the beginning. I want you to be rekindled in your heart, the flame, the flame of evangelism the flame of faith. I don't want you to lose who you are in me. The Lord's touching your heart right now. And we're going to bring, we're going to bring in this hour, the church is going to bring the greatest grace and I believe the greatest anointing the world has ever seen to a lost and dying generation. And before we head that way, he's taking us back to where we started. And he's resetting us in our faith. Lift your hands and thank him for it right now. Come on, right where you are. We thank you for resetting us tonight, God. We thank you for resetting us tonight, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.